0: My name is Scott Challoner, and you are listening to the Leaders' Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. As regular listeners of our program will know very well, part of our mission here at the Leaders' Council is to bring you a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership and in pursuit of those aims today, we're joined on the program by Kate Cooper-Fay, an established business leader, board advisor, media personality and professional speaker. Uh, Kate, very warm welcome to you and thanks for joining us on the show.
1: My pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. It's a a delight to be here. Um so, so yeah, so um so it, it, interesting world we're in right now, hey Scott. So, uh, mm. um, so so I guess really um, you know, just just to give you a little bit of background on uh, on, on my career. Um I, I started out life very privileged, um I'm under the wing of Sir Terry Leahy, so uh, Tesco, um, with whom I work with his team mm. um on new market entry into um Asia and Central Europe. Um And one of the things that I I learned from Terry um, was actually how to grow businesses by truly understanding what mattered the most to customers. Um, and that's kind of where it all started, really. And I spent most of my career um, in, in the consulting world. Um, I'm a commercial lawyer by trade, um, actually uh, you know, helping businesses grow into new markets, new territories, mm-hmm. um, new offerings, um, through very much understanding the, the customer piece and how that impacts the bottom line. Um, so, yeah, um, and, and found myself uh, all, all over the world working with some of the industry's best. um found, found myself working across multiple sectors from retail to rail to infrastructure to finance. And so that story goes on. Um, I guess the principles of business are actually the same uh, depending on, on where you are. Um, mm. So, so yes, a little bit of background on me. I've um, found my, I've, I've sort of advised many boards on how to be effective and actually work to achieve growth and transformation, uh, rather than just be the biscuits and coffee brigade, <laughs> which many are. Um, and uh, yeah, and, uh, and and yet I find myself here today. Um, Five years in as a CEO of CXY, Um, we are a transformation consultancy um, and training business. We've just launched the Academy, which will support the SME market. Um, And, uh, you know, we are... I guess uh, we're probably in a fortunate situation, Scott, as, the, as we hit turbulent times, because this is where we come into our own, um, and mm. we're all about future-proofing businesses. Um, we do an awful lot of work now in the sustainability ESG space, um, having started out working with Moosh Data um, on Plan A many, many years ago, with I knew any of this stuff. Um, so actually, there's a bit now about actually how we're future proofing the world <laughs> as well as businesses. But of course, by future proofing businesses, and obviously mm. that has uh, an impact on, on the on our world and our world economy. So, uh, so yeah, that's, that's a bit about me and uh, and what we do at CXC.
0: Yeah, fantastic. And um, obviously, did you always kind of know then that sort of going into the advisory sphere and sort of taking on a leadership role within your own right was going to be sort of the uh, the way forward for you early on in your career. <laughs>
1: No, I wanted to be a vet, Scott, but I was a youth uh, and I was just not clever enough, so I couldn't go down that route. Mm-hmm. So then I decided I was going to become some shot criminal lawyer, and then very quickly realised I was a terrible, so that wasn't going to work too well either. <laughs> so, so from that went into commercial law, which quite frankly was to sell as dishwater. But mm. it was with that background that then got me into um, obviously acquisitions, mergers, and all of that kind of stuff, and new market entry. Um, so, so, no, I I, I never dreamt I'd be doing what I do today, to be honest. I mean, I guess the leadership piece, uh, father was an entrepreneur, so there was always going to be an yeah. element of entrepreneurism in my blood. Um, and actually, um, you know, uh, I've always had a, a, a lot of fun in, in, I guess, leadership roles, if you like, as a child, because I was a fixer in the brownies, you know. <laughs> Sort of things. so I, I guess it's in the blood really, but uh, but no I, I never anticipated being where I am today and, and absolutely loving it. So, so' very grateful to the universe and mm. all those that helped support me on this journey to get me to this place. so
0: yeah, fantastic. and um, obviously you're an expert in sort of business and cultural transformation then and um, would you say there are any kind of commonalities in what business leaders that you work with tend to struggle with and what kind of traps they might fall into that you sort of help them overcome?
1: Yeah, there are. Um and, and I guess it's kind of what what's made us who we are today. Um, I think many organisations believe they have um various challenges um but actually quite often what they think is the problem is rarely the problem mm. um which often is why businesses can uh, become a, a little bit stuck if you like because they'll try and fix the problem they'll fix the uh, they'll put a the sticky cast on something but not get to the root cause um which tends to be that two years later that problem's come back bitten bit and again if not sooner um, and equally, you know, and, and again, we're having a number of conversations about this today, um, but it's about what businesses invest in. Um, and we've seen organizations invest in the, you know, in areas that, that frankly don't matter to the customer. I mean, we've seen products we developed to the tune of millions that the customer doesn't want to buy and all of this kind of stuff. So, um, so I, I do think there's a, a lack of um, of Insight, I guess, into some areas, and I mean, a, a great piece for me was we were well, once told by a, a private equity client of ours um, that the numbers tell a story, they don't often tell the right story, uh, but they don't give the solution. And mm-hmm. I think what we bring, um, which again is, is, you know, a challenge that many leaders have, is they don't actually know the story, and they certainly don't really know the solution. Um, and that's really what we bring to that table. Um, and again, it, it's focusing on the key people that really matter and that are going to drive the growth and sustainability of the organization. Because, again, you've got number soapbox here, you know, we can whack we can lyrically about this stuff, yeah. but fixing our problems for today doesn't mean that business is going to survive the next 10 years. Um, and I think organizations, typically, we see are very short-sighted um, particularly at the moment, we're seeing a lot of panic out there. Um, and it's like, oh, hang on, guys, you know, just calm down and let's focus on the important and not the urgent. Let's really be tough and really evaluate what it is you need to be considering today. Um, that's not going only going to make sure that you're here in 12 months' time, but you're here in five years and 10 years' time and how do we do that? Um, so, yeah, so that they they would be the, the common themes that we see. Um, and again, you know, dare I say it, you know, decisions are made based on egos and vanity sometimes and not actually good commercial ones. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I, I've been quite surprised over the years, the lack of commerciality in decision making as well. So um, I'm not saying that it's not commercial, but it's in pockets. Again, this has to be, a, you know, it has to be across the piece. And you know, God, I I can say I can talk for hours about this. And Mm. and equally, many businesses will look at specific areas. Whereas, if you're not doing, you know, the transformation and change, all of that jazz across the entire organisation, aligning it all to your customer strategy, because obviously, business is about customers and cash. then the whole thing tends to fall over. So it's about, you know, having that helicopter view and thinking if I turn the dial up here, will that turn the dial down there? And again, you know, we, we see that as a very common theme, particularly in big organisations where it's quite hard mm. to have that helicopter view and bring the whole thing together. So, um, yeah, there's that. There's. There's, there's lots out there <laughs> but that's why, but, but great because that's why we have a business right, and why I have
0: a job so. yeah of course <laughs> so, and, yeah, yeah, I suppose a key thing in, in terms of any business culture is um, therefore then is the fact that you should avoid working in silos across the business shouldn't you and that seems to be a recurring thing that does come up when I've spoken to uh, consultancy experts such as yourself There are there, there isn't a great deal of you know sort of cohesion and communication sometimes where businesses do tend to struggle and therefore decisions aren't made with you know commercial interests in mind and it does end up um, ultimately causing issues somewhere else in the business down the line
1: Uh, absolutely um you know and we've seen the silo mentality in small businesses it's like come on guys you know how come you're not talking to each other Um, and i won't mention names but you know i've worked in organizations where literally you know there's been people sat opposite each other both leading a core part of strategy and and there's just no communication (laughs) and it's Mm. like well hang on a minute how come you guys aren't coming together And again, that's again, you know, why strategy doesn't tend to work because culture will always, always, always trump strategy every single time. But if they're not working as a collective team, all aligned for the same outcome, then these things don't happen. And, and again, you know, I mean, we'll even see it at board level or at the appointed board level. You know, you've got various directors going off working on their little pieces in silo, and not bringing the whole piece together. And of course, often that means it's got duplication effort as well, which is bonkers, um and, expensive and all of that jazz. Um, so, you know, absolutely, that that getting people to work together in a sort of very much a one-team approach is one of the biggest challenges and um, fascinating, really, because we all go to work to do jobs because we enjoy working with people. Um, mm-hmm. If not, we'd probably go and, you know, be a, be a, probably be a vet, really, or a scientist or something. So, so yeah, so it's, a, it's quite interesting with the mentality.
0: Yeah, exactly right. And I think it's important as well to emphasise that you're not just working with businesses that are struggling with the internal culture. It's businesses that just essentially may be successful, but need to future-proof themselves and need to think about the future. And a big part of that that you've alluded to already is uh, around you know ESG strategies. And this is something that's very topical and is becoming more and more important, isn't it? Um, obviously, we've seen it spring yeah. up since the advent of, uh, of net zero in 2019, but more so since the COVID-19 pandemic, when consumers yeah. and also prospective candidates in the job market are far more aware of, you know, business purpose, what are their strategies around sort of ESG, CSR, for instance. There's a lot more sort of conscientiousness about that, isn't there? And uh, business has to really consider that moving forward, doesn't it?
1: yeah absolutely um you know and it's interesting i mean you know we we we've been here before um scott haven't we you know and mm. i and and sort of seeing a lot of pieces now coming up um in, in the press on the various business forums um around ceos actually backing off the ESG piece um and, uh, and, of course, this is really interesting because, I, again, I, I remember Rewind, you know, when we did all this at Marks and Spencers, um, we then hit difficult economic times and everybody was like, oh, you know, we're not going to invest in that. Yet, actually, if you're investing in ESG properly, what does it do? It drives top-line growth and reduces costs. Well, hang on a minute. <laughs> Why wouldn't we be investing in ESG? Um, and I think, you know... And again, you know, reflect back, you know, I remember the days that everybody had a CSR policy that then got shoved in a drawer. And of course, now we, we are where we are. We've been through COVID. Consumer behaviours are very different. Consumer priorities are very different. Um, and actually, the, the world is in a very different place, and you know, and we need to be changing the way we behave and operate. Um, but interestingly, I, I got asked a while ago, do you now do ESG? And I'm like, no, oh, no, we've always done ESG um, because actually ESG is running the business in the right way and actually trading. Um, you know, and I think there's been a lot of um, greenwashing, scaremongering out in the yeah. marketplace that's become this complex, scary beast. Well, actually, it's incredibly simple, and it's something that we could all be doing. You know, even SME organisations, right up to obviously the, the huge enterprise businesses for whom now it's becoming mandatory. Um, but actually, you know, it's good business practice. It, as I said, it adds to the top line and reduces costs on the bottom line. So, why wouldn't we be doing it? Never mind all the great stuff around the engagement of community um, and so on. So, yeah, so I just uh, um, I, I find it interesting that it's even a thing sometimes. Because to me, it should just be the way of doing business, and, and I guess, and that's back to how that all trips to the culture piece and it becomes BAU. Well, behaviors drive culture, right? So, the way we behave as an organization will drive the culture of our people. So, yeah, something else I could talk you to death. About
0: Scott, so. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely right. And I, I think there, there is, um, as you say, a lot of fear around ESG sometimes, isn't there? Because people don't want to obviously become victims of greenwashing, where, you know, something is essentially absolutely. missed when they're advertising themselves as, as green companies. But as well as that, I mean, in some ways, it is difficult sometimes to sort of source sustainable materials uh, from the supply chain, simply because of costings. And I know at the moment, with the cost of living crisis and supply chain issues continuing, certainly in China, that is A problem, isn't it, for business um, that they're having to try and grapple with right now. And so I guess the key thing is that um, trying to kind of, you know, plug the short term problem, it's not going to, you know, come at a detriment at the long term, because um, obviously we've got net zero goals as a country that we're legally bound to try and hit. Business has to play its part in doing that. And obviously with consumer choices beginning to change, it's in business's interest to sort of move with the times. Otherwise, in the long run, you're going to lose out.
1: Well, absolutely. And I do think, you know, you hit a point there. I do think there has to be some ownership back on the businesses i mean you know when you look at these renewable energy companies you know renewable energy is actually um for want of a better phrase manufactured for a lot less than other energy sources mm. yet they're charging as much if not more than other energy sources so you know so again so the consumer's going well particularly right now when you know, we're all tightening the purse strings so the consumer's going well hang on a minute if i'm having to pay more for that yeah, I know it's costing less. Why am I going to do that? So so I do think, you know, there has to be um, – you know, We, we ha- as, as business owners and leaders, we have to be responsible. Um, you know, and, and you're absolutely right. And, and again, you know, we've had some of these conversations internally. Um, you know, if the consumer has a choice to source a product, it's essentially the same product, but one's ethically sourced and one isn't, but one's 30% dearer than the other – given where we're about to move you know, what, how, what how are they going to make that choice you know but um but and i think you know that's some of the things that we need to really be considering um and I guess, you know, as we go into difficult times uh, or economic uncertainty, the consumer becomes a lot more savvy. Um, and actually, we might uh, we might not buy as much when we do buy something, but we'll potentially spend more. So it's, again, how are organizations adapting to some of this? Um, but equally, you know, as, as you said there, you know, the supply chain is, is critical. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I had a fun experience, and I won't mention the brand, but I um, I, I looked to potentially brand a new car. Um, And I was told I had a three-year waiting list. I thought, would it be out of date by the time I get it? Why am I going to buy it? So, you know, know, and and it's a real challenge. Um, But I think, you know, there's a real balance there. And I think for long as we are going more towards trying to do things as sustainably as possible um you know that that's that's as good you know we're, we're never going to fix this in, you know overnight are we but for the we're doing the right things and we're working towards that and again as we work to more more sustainable solutions those sustainable solutions could off supply and demand might become cheaper so, you know, so, so it's a real chicken and egg isn't it so um and again, you know, there, there is that balance and I think that needs to be things that organisations have to think about as a strategy. Hence my comment about short termism. You know, people yeah. with very much short termism and not thinking about the future. So yeah, so it's um it, it's a difficult one. But equally I do get, you know, when people we are where we are, everyone's just like, you know, I mean God, it's been a challenging few years, isn't it? It's like I just need cash in the bank and I get that. But there's no point in having that cash in the bank if your run rates only a year. So you know, so um so it, is a, it is it is very interesting and there is a there is a tough balancing act right now right. um that I think many boards are, are having to juggle, but you know reality is as I said um you know it, it is about doing this in a staged approach, um not trying to bore the ocean, taking it out the scary box um, and actually thinking about the future and not just the next six to twelve months.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. And you can translate that also to the policy level, can't you? Because um, what obviously is going to uh, make people quite happy is energy security in the long run is going to involve a renewable strategy. But in the short term, we're hearing talk of, of course, more North Sea oil and gas exploration licenses, the the resuming of fracking, for instance. Obviously, those that have the environment in mind, I don't think those short term fixes, inverted commas, are going to provide a great deal of reassurance, because they're going to be concerned aren't they? That is this going to come at the detriment of, you know, the long-term carbon goal?
1: Yeah, a- absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, and and let's be honest. You know, if we don't start and think long term, and don't start and uh, and shift our businesses and, and the way that we operate, and not just that, bit, but as individuals, you know, I mean, and some of the things again that you know, we've been quite provocative um, with Scott. If I'm honest, you know, and it's like, well, actually, when you look at your business and you look at where you're going to invest right now, um, the reality is do you need to get on that plane? Do you need to drive that company car? Um, You know, do you need to have these gorgeous funky offices? I mean, it's all of this kind of stuff. And and actually, and there's two elements there, isn't there? There's an element Mm. which actually is the environmental element, but there's also the cost element. And reality is, you know, and actually COVID has done some really good things for us, hasn't it? It's enabled us to run our businesses in a very different way, essentially online. Don't get me wrong, it's not always brilliant, but, you know, majority of the time we we can cope. Um, And actually, you know, those good practices again is what started to drive um you know the sort of the real consumer priorities around us you know being more sustainable in everything that we do and if we don't start and work towards that carbon that zero piece um you know we're not going to have anything left in the future anyway are we <laughs> because because it's your know, stuff is running out right so there's you know it's not just the case mm-hmm. about the environment and the greenwashing the harsh reality is Things are running out, and we have to change the way we do things. Um, otherwise, you know, we're not going to be able to operate our businesses and our world in the future. Uh, you know, as it is. So, yeah, um, but uh, very, very interesting. Mm-hmm.
0: It is, it certainly is. And I suppose there needs to be sort of less short-termism as well on the part of government in how it sort of supports business as well. I I cast my mind back this to quite an interesting discussion I had on this podcast recently. And they were talking about sort of Innovate UK and how it does wonderful things. But a lot of the support comes in the form of really, you know, intensive one to three year funding programs from government. And then there's very little sort of legacy. Once the innovations are off the ground, there's nothing to sort of keep it going and sort of build something and keep sort of jobs and wealth and uh, Innovations within the UK, um, it becomes sort of a um, sort of a, a scale up flip exercise, doesn't it? In some ways, and um, I think what would be much better is if the government were to bring in sort of more sort of soft touch, longer term sort of legacy support for businesses that you know are going to be driving the innovations that are going to make a difference. Certainly, when it comes to sort of energy and sustainability.
1: And you know, let's be honest: how many estimate how many startups fail? <laughs> you know, and, 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 you know and, and again yeah you know we we have so many of these conversations you know we are um you know, we do do a lot of work in sort of the v c private equity um investment space um and you know and obviously we're also looking at the government support government grant innovate u k all of this great stuff, and as you just rightly said, there's wonderful support to get things going but essentially that's the easy bit you know it's then how do you keep these businesses moving forward you know and we see many businesses that you know they will fail when they essentially become we would refer to as a grown up you know once you get to that 10 million mm. and you then go beyond that 10 million quite often that's when we see businesses going really good strong businesses but they you know, they, they just they, they need that extra piece of support I and mean, it's not there. Um or if it is there, it's there but it's very difficult to get, or it's there and the returns on it are almost unsustainable. Um, you know, and again, you know, that, that is a real challenge. And, and as you said, that's back to that that short termism. Um and that's all about thinking, right, well we do is great something don't get me wrong, I think Innovate UK is absolutely fantastic and you know some of our clients have had mm. wonderful awards from it. Um but as you say, it's like, well that's great. And we've got to this point, but we now need to run the business, you know, and not many people are going to give you capital to run a business or give you capital to develop something, but not to then run it and keep it going. <laughs> you know, and you're just like, and hence, as I said, why so many things then you know, fall over, get sold or, or whatever that, that might be. So um, and why we see so many wonderful innovations actually get stopped. But equally, oh, God, I mean, I, I could really, really ruffle the feathers here. Um, you know, we see some wonderful innovations come out, particularly in the medical space. Mm. But actually, they don't get over the line because they put a product service solution of a big organization at risk. So they don't get over the line. So uh, um, you know, and, and, and that's again where some of these things become really interesting because actually, you know, a core customer or route to market will actually stop the progression of the organisation because it threatens um, you know, and gone and, and the government piece, I could I could talk about this again to the cows somehow home, um, you know, and our and our, our pick on a sector, but you know, our and because it's very related to obviously the ESG piece that we talk about and innovation. Yeah. Um and when we then got into all the, the recycling and all of that, I mean great, but actually when you get down to the to the crux of it, recycling wasn't necessarily about recycling, it was about the it was about um commodity purchasing and products were recycled based on commodity value. Nothing to do with actually doing a good job for our environment. It was all about the money. Um, And again, and this is where I, uh, I guess I get quite frustrated. And one of the things that I, I love about our business, you know, we've always, you know, our thing has always been, we're future-proof businesses. Let's be honest, what do we do? We make people a fortune. <laughs> but, but actually now, the fact that we can say, actually, we're helping to future-proof our world, and I've always said, I can't change the world, but I can do my bit to help. Well, I feel a lot better about that. So, um, you know, and it's it, again, it is in that thinking future ahead long-termism and so on um and actually you know there's there's a real piece around educating the likes of uh, innovate uk um often some of the government pieces I and mean, if you look at the rail sector for argument's sake you know a sector that actually takes 15 years to do anything because mm. it's you know such a complex infrastructure um where well, you can't be a short term you know making short-term decisions in a business that takes 15 years to move or it mm. takes 15 years to move um, and yet we see that and where's a lot of the innovative investment and all of that jazz in infrastructure in transport gets stuck doesn't go anywhere because the industry's not ready for it oh yeah another podcast doc. So. <laughs> we may need to we may
0: need to and um, i think i think as well it's um it sort of boils down to kind of how the leveling up money is distributed as well isn't it the fact that it's obviously it goes out essentially to to some form of tender where you know local authorities bid for it and it's distributed to local authorities to again successful businesses that bid for it it sort of it yeah. defeats the object doesn't it because i think sort of more affluent industries that sort of dominate the needs of local areas they're going to suck up the majority of the funding and SMEs that perhaps sort of need that support to get their own innovations off the ground are going to suffer so it's, it's it's difficult yeah. isn't it it's a difficult and competitive environment for SMEs and yeah. um the, the support out there is quite sort of short-termist in terms of its structure and its mentality so um, in, in what is a difficult kind of cir- circumstance difficult world for uh, for business in, the, in in this environment and um, when it comes to you know that kind of scale-up process what from your point of view can on entre- entrepreneurs actually sort of do to sort of make sure that you know business uh, that, that the business continues and that it isn't going to uh, to fail or have to be flipped
1: yeah I mean that there, there is there is so much isn't there and um, and I think you know i mean I, I will always say to any business. Focus on what matters the most, um, you know, and actually invest in what matters the most to your customers but also your other key stakeholders. Um, and and by doing that, you know, you're essentially going to future-proof your organization. The key is understanding that, of course, because that's not always the easy bit. Um, but again, you know, if you're really a, a being quite hard on yourself and I always sort of think you know business as I said before is very simple it's about customers and cash without customers have got no cash without cash we haven't got an operation so if you're not focusing on the customer and what matters to the customer you 're not going to have a business, you know and i 'm going to pick on Henry Ford because I just love it you know, if, if he 'd asked customers what they wanted, they would have said faster horses, but asking them what they were trying to achieve a to B quicker because that 's what mattered the most um, so again, so just think about that so just think to so think about that business in a different way, um, as we 've already talked about at length in the, in this conversation. Um, Think about that future-proofing piece, and don't just get into short-term panic. Because again, if you're planning, um, you know you're, you've got more chance of uh, of, of survival. Um, and then, of course, you know again with all of these things, when you're if you're looking at investment, make sure it's the right investment and for what. Again, Scott, I've seen businesses go for investment and it's destroyed a company. You know, there are two things that can really break a business: and one's lack of growth, and the other, too much growth too quickly. You know, because they mm. can't keep up. So, um, so I think there's all about balance, and, and you know, and, and as we said, I've seen investors come in, chuck a fortune at an organisation, and it's just not coped, and the whole thing's fallen over. So, which is which is tragic. So, um, so I do think it's about being being balanced, having a a, a very clear view, being commercial, um, you know, and if it's not adding value to customers, it's not delivering on the bottom line. You've got to see yourself. Why are you doing it? Uh. Um, you, you know, so um, and and again, that there's so much there that needs to be considered. Um, but for me, they would be the core pieces for, for any business. And as you go through that next stage of growth, um, you know, we talked about it right at the start of this conversation. Yeah. Remember, it's behaviors that drive culture. If you've got the right behaviors and the right way of doing business in your organization, you've got a much better chance of survival than those that haven't. So, um, you know, as I said, these things need to become the DNA and part of BAU and not just the project. And again, we see that so much. Someone will go, we need to do this. It becomes a project. Gets done. get put in the drawer they're used to
0: manor ornaments exactly right so it's food for thought for anybody that's tuning into this particular podcast and you know if you do want to actually you know find out um a little bit more about uh, cxy and uh, the work that it does um you're on linkedin aren't you kate um that'd be uh, kate I am buffet,
1: indeed. Yeah? <laughs> yeah absolutely and we've actually got a session this friday or so two sessions that are completely free we've got some fantastic thing leader joining us which actually is all about um, you know, what You know what should be essential spend. So, uh, um, if, if anybody fancy popping on and listening to that, I, I think it could be quite an interesting session. So, yeah, so that's, that's my little plug there, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, certainly sounds it. And I'm sure plenty of you tuning into that. And um, for anybody as well, um, if you have been affected by any of the issues that we've discussed today or you want to even sort of add your own perspective to the uh, the discussion, I mean, you are able to do that. And you can leave a comment with us at uh, leaders council or one word with an IL.co.uk forward slash contact hyphen us. And you also have the opportunity to bring your own topical matter or issue to the discussion table, if you like, by applying to be on the show. And that can be related or unrelated to those issues we've discussed today. The best thing for you there would be leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply, if that is indeed of interest to you. Um, for now, though, Kate, so we talked an awful lot about the present and the uh, the past, and I think it serves that we only talk about the future as well now, just before we wrap up on the uh, on the show. Um, you've talked about, you know, n- not necessarily being able to change the world as an individual or as a business but doing your part so as we kind of try to navigate this next 12 months in what is going to be a very difficult economic period um where do you see yourself by sort of this time next year and what are you sort of hoping to have achieved um as we hopefully make progress towards um, the long-term aim yeah,
1: yeah. So, so so i mean for us you know um it, <laughs> the, the the, the recent times have created a perfect storm for us, Scott. So you know, which is awful, but but it has. So um, so we see ourselves very much. Um on a significant growth trajectory, um, you know we we are we now have global operations and we see that continuing. Um, I think we're going to be much more in the um, recovery and sustainable pace rather than the growth, because obviously we've done a lot of work in uh, in helping organisations grow and scale up. Um, we're actually finding ourselves um, doing quite a lot of work, as I said, in the investment place. You know, lots of businesses are seeking investment or actually so, so many CEOs are seeking to get out as well. So um, so I think, you know, that's a, that's a real growing sector for us. It's working with the likes of venture capitalists and private equity. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, and and, uh, and then, you know, I, I do think that ESG is going to be a critical part of what we do. Um but as we talked about before it's using ESG to get us to where we need to but actually to ensure its commerciality and that it doesn't just become a, a huge cost and businesses not really maximising it and getting what they need from it so um, yeah I, I mean you know as much as I don't want the difficult times to, to continue for anybody and believe me it's much more fun working with businesses that are in growth um, you know we are well placed now to help everybody navigate these difficult times we've done it before successfully thankfully um you know and, and actually um you know that's what we're here for we're here to help that's what we do so
0: and long may that continue. And hopefully, of course, uh, plenty of businesses uh, are coming to you, getting the help that they need and are able to to thrive in what are quite difficult conditions. And there's plenty, of Absolutely. course, um, as well, Kate, that we've not talked about today, as we've alluded to during the uh, the discussion. And um, as we've uh, kind of touched on earlier, um, I'd love the opportunity to uh, to welcome you back to, uh, you know, maybe talk through some of those things in more detail and catch up on sort of some of the uh, the things that you've done over the years. Uh, over the previous 12 months as well, if it is a year later that we do end up doing this, depending on timing.
1: <laughs> I, I would be absolutely delighted. I, I, I think we could um, hold several podcasts, I <laughs> a chat for hours. So no, that would be amazing.
0: Of course, so we are always looking for uh, for our speakers to come on to the, uh, the the show and talk about these topical matters and issues. And there are so many, aren't there? I mean, it's like we as we've alluded to today, Kate. There are there are absolutely so many little intricate in- issues behind the scenes that we could pick at. So plenty of uh, of potential to uh, to certainly move forward and uh, talk more. Um, I'd relish the opportunity. I'm sure the listeners as well um, have found it just as enlightening listening to you on today's episode. Uh, but until the next time, whenever that might be, Kate, uh, do take care, and uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll be we'll be in touch again soon.
1: Thank you. You too. And good luck and keep up the good work.
0: Absolutely. So um, it is important to us to share the real pitfalls and challenges that business is facing in the current climates, but also share that inspiration for, for the uh, the next generation of entrepreneurs as well. And hopefully today has given you just that little bit of insight of what you should be aware of when you're looking to build and grow a business. Um, until next time, to everybody listening into this episode of the Leaders Council podcast, it has been my absolute pleasure to welcome Kate Cooper-Fay from the CX White Group of Companies onto today's show. As always, I've been your host, Scott Chaloner, and until our next one. Take care all and goodbye.